Good evening and welcome to the NFL Draft. Tonight, we officially welcome the next generation of players. So if you're ready, are you ready? Let's get it started. The NFL Draft is officially open. Welcome inside the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. I am Trevor Sikama. With me is Benjamin Solak. Starting our wide receiver journey today. We're recapping, giving our final reports, notes, film assessment, grades on some of the top wide receivers in the class. There's so many wide receivers, though. Unlike the other positions, we're not going to be able to fit it all into one episode. So what we are doing today is we're calling today Top 50 Day. We're going to look at seven or eight wide receivers that we have graded so far that we believe are going to be the top wide receivers in this class. And we're going to talk about them as we give you our one through five rankings throughout this podcast. So we're getting a little bit of ahead of ourselves according to the normal structure that you guys are used to. But today is going to be all about the rankings, the top five wide receivers that we have in this class. And then tomorrow's episode, well, actually, it's not going to be tomorrow's episode because we actually have a little bit of a surprise for you guys at the end of the show that we're going to be announcing. But the next wide receiver episode that we're going to do it's going to be devoted to the day two and day three wide receiver so we're going to talk about hey who's got the best hands who runs the best routes who's the best red zone guy you know who fits in what system all of that that you could find on day two and day three so we figured that would be a good way to break up so many wide receivers that we have to cover because man there's a lot of them and with that I bring in my esteemed co-host Benjamin Solak Ben my friend how are you oh everything is delicious it's the day we've all been waiting for wide receivers man they click this is yeah it's just it it's the position that the draft people care about the most everybody wants their team to draft wide receivers and there's always a lot of them and they're always good and there's always good ones on day three and this is what we care about and this is what this is what the people want trev gets people going it's wide receiver is always really really exciting every single year and we've been spoiled over the last couple of years with some very talented and deep wide receiver classes But I would also say that I think you're totally right, and I think you are totally right, because outside of maybe quarterback, this is the position that everyone has an opinion on, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. you can watch wide receivers throughout all of college football, and everybody can say, like, yeah, I've got some words. I've got some takes on this guy. I I, I think I I know a thing or two about how well they're going to translate to the league. And so that's what makes this such a clickable on-fire topic that everybody loves to listen to and debate because there's so much conversation, I think, because there's so many opinions of it, which makes it very fun. So let's start things out. We're going to go in-depth into our top five. So we'll start at five, same as always. We'll go from five, four, three, two, one. But we're also, as we go along, we'll naturally do some superlatives like, hey, you know, this guy might be number four for me, but I think he's the best slot receiver there is in the class, or this guy's the best vertical threat, or whatever it is. We'll eventually get into that, and we'll also probably talk about some of the other players that we have just outside the top five. That's why I said eh, about like six, seven, eight guys that we're probably going to talk about today. So, Ben, I will give you the floor to start things out. Who is your wide receiver five in the 2021 NFL draft class? I have four first round grades, which sucks because it means that now I have only one name that I get to mention, which, you know, I'm obviously going to mention a bunch of names, but I, 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 you have to have a five. And to me, this is the second tier and it's a very thick second tier. I've got like 
six dudes that are all within very close range of each other, like uh, uh, second round grades, early to mid second round grades. To me, the the fifth best receiver in this class is Terrace Marshall out of, out of LSU. Okay. Uh, Marshall was given the field stretching Z role for LSU in 2019 when Joe Burrow and Joe Brady were there, when Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson were there. After that season, in which he showed a height, weight, speed, deep ball ability, he was their number one touchdown scorer before he went down with injury. He was their red zone guy because of his height. Uh, that after that, that performance, which clearly, like you know, he was a very high caliber recruit, put him on NFL radars. Uh, he was then put into a more versatile role this past season. Marshall actually lined up a lot more in the slot and did mm-hmm. a lot more in-breaking stuff this past season than I realized you know, off of live film watch. I thought they were still using him in the same way. No, they used him in a variety of ways. So now Marshall has experience getting off press. He has experience working vertical third routes, deep comeback, deep out. He has experience running slot routes uh, and working in and out breaking concepts working over the middle of the field taking hits from safeties changing his angles working into throwing windows sitting versus zone all of these are things that Terrace Marshall had to do so he's really quite a well-polished pro-ready guy which Jefferson and Chase came out last year Marshall likes to go back to school you think that that's going to be the dude who's kind of a little bit more raw and whatever and Chase and Jefferson are both really, really polished players. Yeah. So it's easy to create a narrative for yourself that Marshall is a raw height, weight, speed guy, and he's not. He is a quality route runner. He is a premier athlete, and he has the ability to separate at all three levels with success in a full varied route tree. A usage of Terrace Marshall should appropriately give him those opportunities. The hands are a little bit of a concern. This was his dropsiest year this past year, and I don't think he loves <laughs> dropsiest. That's funny. Dropsiest year. Uh, I don't think that he loves contact over the middle, but who does? Uh, it, it, it's just <laughs> I, I think with his frame, with his deep ball ability, with his elevation ability, it's not like you'd want to be heavily using him on slants anyway. But like he's gonna run digs, and he's gonna have to get comfortable catching while he's about to get hit. Uh, it has to do it on on the sideline as well with safeties coming in. So I think that that's that's your biggest concern. But I, I, I mean, I see a Michael Gallup. I see a, a Devonte Parker. I see a hmm. skyscraper outside X, outside Z receiver. He's probably faster than both those players. It would be my guess. Um, but even if he is like just like a four or five guy, that's still really nice for being over two hundred pounds, long strider. Uh, very, very good player. I like Terrace Marshall. He's not in my top five, but he is my six. And and like you mm-hmm. said, you get into this bunch of guys that it's all really, really close. So I did like him. I'm a little bit more on the side of saying that he's not as much of a complete receiver right now. I still believe that he won off of his unique size, speed, and smooth movement combinations more than he did kind of the way that you said it there, almost a physicality, a full route tree. Because I have in here, I I, I have in one of my categories to talk about potential. What Where do I see this guy? What's the ceiling for this guy? And I really see that Terrace Marshall could be a very nice wide receiver too in the NFL. But in this past year, the year where he was so dominant, there's a lot of factors and context that goes into play because, of course, you remember last year he was playing with Jamar Chase. He was playing with Justin Jefferson. Of course, those are those are top NFL guys. And so, yeah, you're not going to get as many looks for them. But Marshall, you mentioned he played a lot more in the slot this year. He did. 
He also played against some of the worst defenders that the other team had to offer because he was aligned inside a lot. I felt like LSU did a really nice job of moving Marshall around to get the best matchup they possibly could. And I felt like a lot of times he was going up against guys that just basically had no business guarding him. And good on Marshall because he's dominating the competition that was in front of him. But I don't think it's going to be as easy for him as it was in the NFL. I don't think the corners that he went up against this season, especially from the slot, being off the line of scrimmage really pressed him at all, really got up in his grill, really disrupted him. And instead, it was those long strides. It was that big body. It was those long arms. And he was just able to naturally separate because I do think he's a great smooth athlete for a player of his size. But I just felt like it was too easy for him. And well, I gave him a good grade because I do think that he showed a lot of things that you like. But I feel like he is going to struggle in his early years in the NFL as things really start to get in his face a little bit more. I mean, I, I hear you, but also it's a use what you got phenomenon, right? Like the, the value of being an extremely technical route runner diminishes when you're just so fluid and so fast that hitting a speed cut gets the job done. You know what I mean? Sure. Like he absolutely, like you put his film up against a Bateman, uh, a Devante Smith. uh, He, they're not playing, they're playing different games. They're playing the position different ways, right? And that's one of the reasons why I brought up Gallup. Uh, Gallup was like 6'1", 205. You know what I mean? Like, he's not the same build. I think the usage will be kind of similar to what he was in to what he was in Dallas and, and what Marshall's going to be in the league. But Gallup at, was a third-round pick out of Colorado State, and the production was great, and the film was great. It was just like, all right, well, he can't do this in the NFL. And you know what he did? that in the nfl right and like that just the 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 movement ability the density thereby giving strength at the catch point the the consistent uh, concentration the high quality routes at three levels like he's just good ball player and he's just using the, the physical traits he's got to go and be good even though it's not like unbelievably technical play so when you say like a high-end wide receiver too right like i agree with you that i think that i don't want marshall to be like my primary threat even though i want to move him around I do want him to kind of not be like, I, I don't think that he should be the feature piece and it should kind of like, you know, just fall down from him. Gallup in 2019 before CD lamb was 66 catches on 113 targets, 1100 yards, 16.8 yards per reception. Marshall, I think has averaged over 15 yards per catch in his career. Uh, that to me is like how like you had Amari just going everywhere, going bananas. Then you had Gallup's ability to go everywhere, go bananas. But then they could just leave Met X and have him go win a jump ball. That to me is Marshall. So like I I I think that if that player, if that that season becomes available for like you know the Chiefs at thirty one, I think they would take Marshall and and be very happy with that pick. I could I could, I could totally agree with you there. Again, we're. We're talking about a guy who is five for you, six for me. I still think he's very talented. I'm just a little bit more reserved about him than you are. Five for me. I seem to be a lot higher on this player than a lot of other guys. Is De'Ami Brown from North Carolina. Wow. I really like De'Ami Brown. Wow. I was a big fan of his going over his film once again, and I almost thought that I I was I think we did this in the season. Is it De'Ami or De'Ami? I think it's De'Ami Brown. Okay. I think I probably want to put too much sauce on it relative to what I should. I don't, oh, think, it, I don't think it's yam. I don't think we're going like D yammy. Like I don't think that we're you know it's. I think Google it's says it's Google says it's Diami Brown. That's what Google just told me. Because if you Google Diami Brown pronounced, Google's got a recommendation for you, which is new. 
I don't know, man. I feel like I've heard the commentators more often say Deami Brown. Okay, you keep going. I will I continue researching. I really enjoyed him as a wide receiver, and he's not nearly as flexible as I think Terrace Marshall might be. You talked about him being used, be able to use him in the slot as well as on the outside, although I thought that you could get a lot of mismatch potential as him more as a slot wide receiver. Deami Brown is, is more of an outside wide receiver, but where I thought that he was just going to be this vertical guy, right? Because when you, we, when you go back to summer scouting, I really liked him coming into the season because I was like, man, there is just value to these guys that make winning vertically look so easy. And there is just, there's so much that you could put on that. And so many things that you could do to a defense when a player is that reliable deep down the field. They just always have to pay attention to him. You've got to get safety help. Corners can't play exactly the way that they want to sometimes, depending on their style. And I felt like he could be really annoying in that way to a defense. Then I popped on his tape this year and, I really felt like I saw a more complete receiver. I-, I thought I saw a guy who knew how to run at blind spots, really knew how to get corners turned around, knew how to angle his routes in a certain way to manipulate his safety one way before he cuts out more towards the sideline or vice versa, whatever it is. He does not have the over-the-middle profile that he needs to get to be a complete wide receiver two player. But there were so many times I felt like as I was watching his tape that, yes, he likes to get vertical first and foremost because that's the most advantageous thing that he can give back to his offense. But if the corners that are playing against him are way too far off or they're just playing quarters and they're they're not worried about it, they're just taking away vertical yeah. no matter what, all of a sudden he's got no problem stopping straight in the dirt, turning around, easy comeback, boom, eight yards, there it is. And he was way better at changing direction and stopping on a dime seems a little over excessive but he was way on a nickel better (laughs) oh r.i.p twitter for that one he was much better at his cuts and turning his body than i thought he was going to be i really thought he was going to be a a vertical wide receiver first and not much else after that but he has that comeback that back shoulder that out route to complement what he can do vertically and he also He's a wonderful vertical receiver. He knows how to sell that vertical route. He knows how to gain separation really well. He can get off press coverage. I like his releases. The biggest thing for me, for him, I wasn't even worried about the long speed. I see some people saying that he's like, he's like not fast enough, and I was like, man, I think he's fast enough. Maybe he's, he's, he's plenty fast. Okay, that that just I, I remember reading that from people, and they're like, all right, he's not going to be able to win vertically as well as he does in the NFL. And I'm like, because of speed, like they 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 quoted speed as the reason. I'm like, all right, well, I don't really see that. The biggest thing for me is he does not have the over-the-middle profile that you would need to be a starting wide receiver too. So right now, I still think that if you put him in the NFL, you are getting a very nice outside wide receiver who is comfortable in the side at the sideline and comfortable attacking different styles of coverages. He's very good in that regard. If you can get him to go over the middle with more confidence, be able to use that change of direction, that stop and start, those movements more towards the inside where he's able to take hits, make catches through contact, now we're talking about one heck of a wide receiver. So that is a big projection part of his profile that's not there right now. But for a guy who's sitting on the outside as a full-time outside wide receiver, I really liked what he was giving me from a nuanced perspective and from a speed and deep vertical perspective. Uh, Lance Zerline and Chad Reuter, who do the NFL write-ups, or do the scouting write-ups for NFL.com, Diami, pronounced Diami. That's Chad Reuter, and I believe Chad Reuter. Chad knows what he's doing. Diami. Okay. Which is, I've been saying, I've been like saying Diami, but it's Diami. Okay. I think that he, I so I comped him to Kenny Stills, right? And Kenny just consummate field stretcher, 
four four guy at like six one six two, which is what I think Diami is. Yep. Uh, has never really been able to expand his role beyond that. And my thing with Brown, who we uh, we both really liked him in the summer, and I, I still like him. He's still a top ten receiver for me, but he is not near my top five. Uh, is that I, I do think that he's a little bit too upright. He's a little bit too high cut, and he's a little bit lacking in the short area quickness necessary to separate and you brought up like when he gets off coverage he just eats and you're like there's no better route runner in this class against off coverage which is not a good award because it's off coverage so it's like but when he gets (laughs) that cushion and he gets the room to set up that double move that little hezzy right like oh i'm about to run a comeback right and then he gets to re-hit the gas it is nifty he always He's got that sense of like, oh, this this corner's getting sweaty. He's about to settle his feet. I'm going to give him a little slowdown. I'm going to drop my shoulders just a little bit. And the corner, every time, that Virginia film, the poor dude could not figure it out. <laughs> the Notre Dame film, just he stops his feet. And yeah. Diamond's like, right, I'm gone, brother. Like, I'm out. Bye-bye. Yeah. Good night. He's throwing so up that, that's right. There's a lot of polish there that allows him to be a very effective field structure. I'm hesitant and suspicious that he can bring more than that with that said he's very high effort on contested balls which is not what he should be great at because he's not very dense he's very high effort at blocking which usually when we're talking about field structures right they're guys who right. don't have any they just oh, go run down the field or whatever uh and also this is a phil longo offense phil longo was the offensive coordinator at ole miss before he was at North Carolina, the Ole Miss team that very famously had DK Metcalf, had AJ Brown, had uh, Demarcus Lodge, had Dawson Knox, and still was not winning a lot of football games. Van Jefferson, what, right? If we remember Metcalf coming out, the conversation was what can he do in his route tree, because he had the same role that Deami Brown now has in the Phil Longo offense at North Carolina. So we had questions with, you know, I, I shouldn't say we, cause we love Metcalf, but there were yeah, questions not, about, yeah, could not be me. Right. <laughs> what can Metcalf's full route tree be in the league? And the answer was, well, I mean, like he'll be fine, but also probably really doesn't matter. Cause he's uniquely athletic with Deami. Those same questions persist. And I don't like, obviously he's not going to run like an eight, three, eight second, three cone, whatever the heck Metcalf ran. Uh, he's not going to be that slow in the three cone. He's not going to be that slow in the shuttle. But there's there to me, there are questions about his play outside of linear routes that exist in part because of the system he played in. And so there's the chance that he's a much better route runner than Phil Longo allowed us to see right. because of the role he keeps this receiver in. So and- I, I recognize the areas that foreshadow Brown being more than the field stretcher he was made at for North Carolina. I'm just not all the way there in on it. It's it it is a projection. Like I I'm you know, first thing I said was hey he needs a bigger over the middle kind of a profile and he he doesn't even display it right now. But again, from what I watched this year, his ability to stop and start, his ability to hit hit his foot straight in the ground and head to an out route right to the sideline, like that gives me faith that this is in the cards for him. This could be it. And I was really encouraged by all the other things that I saw him really improve on this year, which gives me faith that the best could be yet to come for Deami Brown. So that's he's, he's five. It's a projection, and I guess I'm drinking the Kool-Aid because I, I really felt like I enjoyed his film watch. Who you got at number four? Rashad Bateman. He's so good, dude. Good football He's player, so man. He's so good. You have to watch 2019 to fully get it with Rashad Bateman, in my opinion. 
Uh, if you watch 2020, you're just going to see a toothless Minnesota passing game that had Bateman run three different <laughs> toothless. routes. To- toothless. Uh, no, no, it's, no, no, it's great. Yeah. I don't know what we're talking about. All right. You chop uh, it with gums. Yeah. I just, uh, the, uh, they just had him run in-breaking routes at various levels. Like, I'll run a slant. Oh, run now, now a glance. Oh, run a deep post. Crazy. And Bateman did the best with that that he could, but he didn't have a good quarterback. Their offensive line was banged up. Uh, it wasn't as successful. Now, Bateman is aligned all over the field for Minnesota, which is in a, like Terrace Marshall, 6'3", 200, pulling this off. Rashad Bateman, 6'1", 6'2", 215, pulling this off. Again, these are, these are outside bodies that are lining up in the slot. Bateman was given a variety of stems, much more so in 2019 from the slot. And if you watch highlights if you watch you know kind of just the film through the corner of your eye you're gonna be like wow this guy runs a lot of slants when you sit down and you go game through game for 2019 film you watch penn state you watch wisconsin and you see the variety of routes that he's asked to do the, the variety of releases that he has against catch man against zone against press man both from the outside and the inside this is a player who will not be perturbed by nfl coverage we talk about nfl route trees a lot NFL coverage usually looks different than college coverage because you just have different levels of athletes. You also have different sizes of the field and the boundary, right, because of the way the hashes are. And so you just don't see a ton of press coverage, and you don't see a ton of, of, of true man coverage on the outside. And when Bateman saw that Auburn, uh, the, the bowl game, it wasn't his best film, and that's because he didn't really see it a lot in the Big Ten. But the the variety of answers that he's shown, the physicality, the, the quickness and footwork off the line despite not being an extremely explosive athlete, that – to me, like if when you ask like what translates, that translates. He's got answers to the questions. He knows how to respond. I'm giving this. I'm giving that. I'm getting this coverage. I'm in this stem. He's going to be very, very good in an offense that is a little bit more uh, Earhart Perkinsy, a little bit more, you know, get to your spot by your time. But how you get there doesn't really matter as much as opposed to like true spacing where it's like all right you know you got a four steps and then cut and then go whatever like sure if he's given a room to create a line of scrimmage he's going to be extremely effective uh, uncovering hands through contact are great uh it's not his best trait uh, but the contested catch the, the catch radius those are clearly there yeah no i think doubt. he's a very underrated run after catch player i think he's tough as nails uh and again like i he's not the most explosive player he ran like a four three something that was kind of nuts but despite not being, I think, in a straight line, the best guy in this class, or even with Wiggle, the best guy in this class, because this class is nuts in terms of run-after-catch athletes. He is really tough. He regularly breaks the first angle, whether with uh, you know deceptive quickness or with physicality, and he's willing to finish his runs. So he's a very good candidate for middle-of-the-field targets, especially for that that mm-hmm. uh, Kyle Shanahan West Coast approach, right? Yes. So that Corey Davis, Allen Robinson uh, uh, mold of receiver. Great build, inside and out, will block for you, can be a threat at all three levels. Bateman's that guy. He's around one film grade for me. He tested outside of the gym. I don't believe half the numbers, but it's okay because I love him. Uh, I think he's <laughs> going to be a very, very good pro at the next level. I think Allen Robinson's a really nice comp for him. Yeah, I, I, I think, think Rob- that's good. I, I like the Robinson comp. I think probably Robinson's a little bit more balanced than he does when it comes to contested balls, but like Al Robinson's got a little more balance than everybody. Sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's, he's right. I, I just like, I, I'm, you know, it's less of a, you know, when I do comps, it's less of like, hey, this guy's got to be the exact science replica of this player. More of like, hey, what's his overall game like and how does he win? I feel like Bateman is, is similar to, to Robinson in a lot of ways, meaning you could rely on him in a lot of ways. Bateman is also my wide receiver four. 
and I'm going to read you my little blurb of him because I completely agree with the first thing that you said. Bateman is a prospect who feels like a tale of two years. Through both 2019 and 2020, Bateman was a smooth mover with good route running and good football IQ plus reliable hands. In 2019, he was primarily used as an outside receiver and performed well. In 2020, he moved more towards the slot. The biggest knock on Bateman is in his short area explosiveness and his top end speed. From watching his 2020 season, most would have this conclusion. But if you watch his 2019 tape, he gave you no such concern. He was much more sudden, played faster, even with more confidence. The prospect we saw in 2019 is absolutely a first-rounder. Prospect in 2020 would be an early day two player. So at worst, I feel like watching both seasons of Rashad Bateman, you're talking about a top 50 wide receiver. But if you look at what he did in 2019, I mean, like, I'm all in on that. He was so good in 2019. And he was, his releases were explosive and precise. He was cutting and separating from folks. He was, like you said, attacking the middle of the field. He was getting yards after the catch. And I watched his 2019, man, and I was like, this dude's... I. So was he hurt in 2020? I tried to look this up. I don't know that I know of. I, I I didn't I didn't think that either. But I, I'm telling you, man, I 2020 is a different player. 2020 is still good at the things that I mentioned. Like he's still a good wide receiver at his core, but it's like he took his gear, his speed down an entire notch, both with explosiveness. And with top end speed, I don't know. I, I don't know what happened. I didn't know if he was hurt, if he was playing through something, because I didn't remember that. And I tried to look it up, and I couldn't find anything. But 2019, Bateman is awesome, and there's no there is no concerns at all when I watch 2019 Bateman. 2020, it's like, okay, mm-hmm. is this guy fast enough for the league? Is he going to have what it takes to separate all the time? So it was it was definitely a tale of two years for me, but. I believe the twenty the twenty nineteen tape is still there within him, and that's the best football that he could bring. And that's a first round wide receiver to me. My favorite little Rashad Bateman factoid is uh, you know how everybody goes nuts about how Jamar Chase was nineteen in the Blitnikoff season. Yes, Bateman's four months younger, three months younger. He's nineteen, just out here saucing up the Big Ten. Which, no, is not Jamar Chase destroying the SEC and winning the Blitnikoff. It's not. But still, like, I, I went and talked about pro readiness. I was talking about full route tree, talking about polish. He's going to be 21 when he takes his first snap. Yeah. He's, he's, that, that, this is a 10 year player yeah. for I, your team. Dude, first and second contract. If you get, I can't stop thinking about Rashad Bateman on the other side of AJ Brown in Tennessee. I can't stop thinking about it. Right. It's, it, it's, Which it's just, it's also awesome because Brown's best. I shouldn't say best trait because he's really quite good at everything. But Brown's such a good rack player. And I think the biggest concern that people have with Bateman is the run after catch. And so, right, put him in the Corey Davis role, go to sleep. And, oh, at 22, oh, it's perfect spot. Oh, oh, I love it. <laughs> is Bateman your four as well then? Yeah, no, that's what I said. He was, yeah, he was my four. Okay. I, so he, he was my four. And then we're going to get to our top three in a sec, but we got some ads that we got to read. We got to tell the people about Bet Online, the fast and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football is over, but college basketball, NHL, MLB, they're all coming in full swing. Bet Online even covers the award shows, the TV shows, reality TV, whatever you're watching, whatever you want to put money on the line for. Bet Online's got you. Head over to the website or use their mobile device to sign up today. Receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using the promo code LOCKED ON. That's all one word, LOCKED ON. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. We got our top three wide receivers in this class coming up next. 
Get all the sports news that you need in just under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you guys get your podcast. All right, Ben, who's your three? Who is it? So it's actually it's very good that we had this podcast today. Um, my number three receiver is Devontae Smith out of Alabama. Okay. Now, are you saying that like he wasn't before today? Yes. No, not no. No to that question, but he could have moved because I have film grades and I have production grades and I have athleticism grades. Mm-hmm. And with how they were graded out and how Bateman tested at the Exos Combine, which, again, is probably not real. Um, but <laughs> with how he tested at the Exos Combine. <laughs> Uh, and uh, he obviously, I think he still has the Minnesota Pro Day coming up relative to what Smith could have potentially tested at, at 170 because I have like speed score and other weight adjusted things in my grading. Uh, if he wasn't really quick and really fast at 170, which I thought he was going to be quick and fast, uh, he could have fallen below Bateman and been wide receiver four. It's very, uh, it's very close to me with Bateman and Smith. And when I say very close, you I mean also like, have Smith at three. Yeah. With, yeah. God, do something original, Trev. Shut up. I'm letting you go first. <laughs> I'm being okay. nice. <laughs> I hate going first. I want you to go first half the time. All right. Smith at three. I think Devontae Smith's film at the college level in 2020 holds up relative to Chase's 2019 film, relative to Jalen Waddle's 2019 and 2020 film. I think if you put those three players out on film and you say, who's better? It, the answer is, I don't like all of them. Sure. Uh, yes. The answer is yes. Right. If it's if it's a, a nine ball on the outside, I want Jamar Chase. If it's a, a route from the slot, I want Jalen Waddle. Or if, like I should say if it's like a, a a route design from after the catch, I want Waddle. And if I want a, a receiver on third and six, it's Devontae Smith. And so we've got a, a a true possession receiver in terms of how he plays in Devontae, a true deep threat run after catch, ball in hand threat in Jalen Waddle, and a true uh, dominant physical X receiver in Jamar Chase. Two of these guys look like NFL receivers usually look and the third doesn't. And that is, that's just like, that's just and reality. And, oh, and, that's, oh, and of course you mean Jamar chase. Cause he's built like a running back. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Jamar chase is like six, one, two, ten. It is, uh, no, it is it, crazy it, how right. stacked he looks. Right. Devonte Smith said that he weighs one seventy at the Alabama pro day. He was at, listed at one seventy five. And that probably means he played south of 170. There's a chance he's playing in the uh, 160s. When when I read that he said that he's 170, I this he kinda, didn't even step on a scale. Dude, That's just his claim. Right, and he could have lied. Like he could have. He like, could have. He could have not even told the truth. He didn't have you. He hasn't been playing football for two months. Nobody knows what the crap he weighs. He's never. He has stepped on a scale. He didn't do anything at the Senior Bowl. He could have lied. Devontae Smith could have been told by his agent, dude, just pack on a couple of extra pounds over the next two months and just say you're 180. Just say you're 180. What does it matter? You're not going to step on a scale. Who cares? And he couldn't even do, he couldn't even do that. That goes back to the conversation that you and I had about Devontae Smith probably about two months ago when we, ta- when we were talking about it when the season was over. People look at him and you you look at his frame and you think like, man, his frame 
could easily put some more weight on it. Like we could, we mm. can get 15 more pounds on this dude. We can get him to 180, 185. And then like, then we're talking, then it's all fine. Then it's all good. But you and I talked about this. What do you think? Alabama didn't think of that. What do you think? Alabama was just sitting on their hands. Like, Oh, I guess he's just skinny. No, he's been in Alabama's football program for the last four years. They've been trying to put weight on this guy for four years. He, He's not getting any bigger. So I'm I'm just saying this out there for anybody who might be projecting Devontae Smith saying like, oh, you know, everybody kind of like gains weight when they get into the NFL. I don't I wouldn't really plan on it with this dude. I think he is who he is. I think max right. weight Devontae Smith's gonna be playing out in the NFL is 175. That's the max weight that he's going to be playing at. You can't just pack on the extra NFL freshman 15, freshman 10, whatever you want to call it. It's just not gonna happen with him. So I didn't I didn't mean to totally hijack your point, but I wanted to bring the context into that because some people I've I've heard been like, oh, you look at his frame, like he can clearly put on more weight. I think Alabama would have thought of that by now if they could have. Right. So yeah, I don't I don't think he gets heavier. Now you said this player probably is what he is, and you're right. And what he is is like uh, the Heisman Award winner, right? It, 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 he was bananas productive i i think that certainly if Jalen waddle were healthy for the entire season then i'm not sure he would have put up the same numbers but the reality is that he wasn't and he did and that's awesome now this puts uh Devontae smith in a, a a harrowing group in terms of uh bmi right his bmi is under 24 uh his overall weight is sub 180 which is just these, these are not good groups to be in steven ruiz for the win recently wrote about how sub 180 receivers actually usually outplay their draft slot because the league undervalues them. Mm -hmm. But generally speaking, we're talking in that group about round two, round three, round four receivers who have been good players in the league. Uh, Paul Richardson, John Brown, Travis Benjamin, uh, Deshaun Jackson, a, a classic example, Cedric Wilson, whatever. A lot of these guys have returner ability, which we've seen Smith return punts, but he didn't typically do it for Alabama. And I'm not sure he's going to be that guy in the league. Uh, that's the issue. The like other issue is that the I only like he returned punts a bunch, didn't he? Or maybe I'm he thinking, returned a bunch. Was he was he like a I gunner? I feel like he was rotational for them. Now I got to look it up. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to double check. So I want to make sure. Now, I'm not now, wrong now, now we're both looking it up. Now everybody could hear us both typing because I question. Yeah, but I'm going to do it faster. OK, well, he has 52 kick return yards this past year and he had 237 punt returns. So he definitely returned more punts. OK, yeah. Okay, so maybe Devontae gives you something that is a punt returner. That's good because I, in my head, I was like, he's ever done it. He returned 11 punts this past year. No, so he I, definitely wrote. I, I, rem I remember talking about this when I saw him back there returning punts. I'm like, what are these idiots doing? This is the future. This is this is a potential future Heisman winning wide receiver, and you have him taking punts in the fourth quarter of a game. Why are you doing this? Right. Well, because it was when he returned the the punt against Arkansas, which was this season. And the game was like 59 to three or something. Uh, no, 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 it wasn't. It was early in the game, actually. I'm, I'm, I found the clip on Twitter. And it was his first ever career punt return touchdown. Yes, was that, was one. that, was that yeah. game against Arkansas? Yeah. So, okay. Very nice. Congratulations to Devontae. Now, <laughs> the other problem with, with, you know, the sub 180 pound receivers and, and, and all this is that usually, like I said, these are day two, day three guys who are outplaying their role. The only sub 180 pound receiver has been drafted in the first round is Ted Ginn and Ginn wasn't what you wanted at Ted, a first round. Ted Ginn was sub right? 180. 
Yeah. We're just learning things today. Yeah, well, I know though we're we're learning on the fly. Yeah, absolutely. Ten game, okay. yeah. Take it was 5'11", 180. But that's the thing is like Smith is 6'1", 170. And so it's the BMI that's really the concern here. Uh, as I've written about for the Draft Network before, basically you're hoping that he becomes Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, that, that's that's going to be optimal. Sure, and I'm just right. not sure. It, what, it, what it comes down to is I watch film and I'm right about some players and I'm wrong about some players. And I think that Devontae Smith is very, very, very good. I think his film is amazing. But there's degrees of confidence that we have to respect. And I have more confidence in players with prototypical builds than I have confidence in players of atypical builds. And it's not perfect prototyping for Jamar Chase, who's a little bit smaller than you expect, like a contested catch guy. And we'll talk about that. Mm -hmm. and it's not perfect prototyping for Jalen Waddle either, who's got his injuries, right? And so like, these aren't perfect players. But the, the concern with Devontae is too large for me to say with confidence that I would take him over Jamar Chase or over Jalen Waddle. If I were a team that like needed a possession receiver and had a top 10 pick, it would be an extremely difficult conversation because I'm not sure how I would figure out my certainty in Devontae, who I believe is the best receiver for that role, relative to my certainty in a guy like Jamar Chase, who I think could do that role really well. Mm -hmm. So he's a very, very difficult player to, uh, to, to, to place. He's going to make a lot of GMs look very dumb or a lot of GMs look very smart. He's not going to be on every team's board. He is as, as tough of an eval as it gets in this class. I think that you know a, a lot is certainly made about his weight and what you would do with him and the ceiling that you would have. Because you're right, his film is just awesome. I mean, he's got the long strides, he attacks vertically, he runs good routes, he's fearless over the middle, he's got a pair of dandies attached to his arm. I mean, he's, his, his film is fantastic. And the way that I ended up grading him is I have him wide receiver three in this class. I have him as a potential impact wide receiver two. And if he happens to be your wide receiver three, then you got a damn good wide receiver group. You want him as a Z receiver, a slot receiver. You don't need him on the line of scrimmage. Just let him play off. Let him not deal with press immediately. Give him his space, and I think that he'll be able to work magic for you. That's kind of where I came with him. He's he's. I don't have him above the other two guys in this class simply because I think they have higher ceilings as potential takeover impact wide receiver one type players. I'm not so sure Devontae is going to be able to give you that in the NFL, but man, I think he's a high-end wide receiver too kind of a guy. And like I said, if if he ends up even worst case scenario being your wide receiver three, it would be a damn good wide receiver three. So that's where I landed on him. That's where I am. That's where I'm at with Devontae Smith. Love him. Would not want to be a team that maybe could draft him. Would just like, would, uh, it's such a difficult thing to deal with. How do you bet against this guy? Right. But right. that's been said about other dudes, and it hasn't worked. So it, it's so difficult. I think that he's absolutely a first-round pick. You know, talking about guys playing above their draft selection. You know, you brought up Ted Ginn. You brought up guys like Deshaun Jackson. All those kind of players kind of outplaying their draft spot. I don't think we're going to be able to have that conversation with Devontae Smith because he's going to be a first rounder. So there's not really going to be like outplaying unless, unless we're talking about like, Oh, he should have gone number three overall to the Miami Dolphins or, or something like that. I think he's going to be a top 20 pick. Mm -hmm. But as I guess, as of right now, I certainly don't think he's going to be a top 10 pick. I think, I think 10 through 20 is a sweet spot for him. That's, that's, that's kind of what I believe value wise, especially given the other I two wide receivers that we haven't talked about yet. 
Yeah. I mean, I think that'll be the sweet spot because not every team in the top 10 will have him on their board. Yeah. But if a team takes him at four, I won't be surprised. Not that the Falcons will. The I'm Falcons? Just I'm not, not taking the, the Falcons. Falcons. I'm taking a number in the top five. I know. I'm just giving you crap. If, All right. If, we... if, yeah, okay. I was gonna say I was gonna say we got two two more wide receivers left. What's the order? Do you want me to say it first since you since you don't want to go first? Uh yeah, you go ahead. Number two, I have Jamar Chase. Wow. I have Josh Emmett or Bebe. Uh, I... <laughs> Can't teach Vert, baby. Can't, Can't teach Vert. 46 inch Vert? Ludicrous. <laughs> I have uh, Jalen Waddle. So okay. let's hear it. Okay, so I'll I'll read my blurb to start with with Jamar Chase, and then we can talk about it a little bit. Obviously, we mentioned the build's a little bit different for a guy who is an outside X receiver. You figure he'd probably be somewhere around six two, six five, anywhere between that. I mean, he's shorter. He's about six foot one. Comes in about two hundred ten pounds. I said it's almost like he's we he got a running back out there playing on the outside, and that's kind of what it looks like. Jamar Chase is one of the best overall wide receivers that you will find. Built like a running back, Chase presents such great body control and center of gravity, which aid him as a contested catch beast and as an impact-blocking wide receiver. His speed is more smooth than sudden. His vertical speed is better than his change of direction. But due to how controlled he is, his footwork is so precise and powerful, both with releases and when turning for comebacks. He also just displays a great baseline for getting off press coverage, all of these traits lend him to being a versatile wide receiver who will find a home as an X receiver on the line of scrimmage and can be a ceiling wide receiver one for a team that needs him most. Jamar, With that said. Jamar Chase just makes it look so easy. I mean, I, 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 really, I really think that. I mean, when you're watching his film, he does not look like the typical X kind of receiver. But he is so comfortable hand fighting. He's so comfortable at the sideline with very limited space. I thought his route tree was fantastic. He understands spacing so well deep down the field. Both well, I shoot in short, intermediate, and deep portions. He's not afraid to go over the middle. Although I think that he did most of his work at the sideline, not as much over the middle. But certainly, his contested catch lends him to be a great receiver over the middle as well. He can give you good uh, yards after the catch ability. I feel like he is so well-rounded in his game. Now, Jalen Waddle presents some elite traits that Jamar Chase just doesn't, but it's hard to find a fault in Jamar Chase's game. He just plays the position so well. So, why is he not wide receiver one? Do you want me to why, Do you want me to talk about Jalen Waddle? I might thought as well. The, might as well. Might as well. Okay. Jalen Waddle brings you a lot of that. And then he brings you untouchable speed and just absolutely elite run after the catch ability. I mean, he is just the change of direction, the top end vertical speed, the strength and the competitive toughness that this dude plays with. It is all there. I'll read my blurb for him too. If he returns to form from post-ankle injury, this is a special impact player. Waddle's calling card is his speed and Alabama used it in every way possible. He was primarily used as a flanker or a slot receiver that could move pre-snap due to how much attention he commanded from the defense. You had to keep two sets of eyes on him at all times. In an offense with Devontae Smith and John Mechie, who, by the way, John Mechie is also really freaking good from watching these other two dudes. Dude, it's unbelievable. Defenses consistently 
had to put safety help over Waddle as their priority. He is strong at the catch point, and though he is not polished or nuanced with his routes or manipulation yet, he showed growth from 2019 to 2020. Gives me faith that he could continue to improve in the NFL. This is an impact kind of offensive player who makes the team better with or without the ball, and I ultimately, Ben, think that that was the big X factor for me because both of these players are very highly graded. It is the fact that Jalen Waddle commands so much attention from the defense, no matter who else is out there on the field. I mentioned Mechie and Devontae Smith because those are two incredible wide receivers. These are not dudes that you slouch on. These aren't guys who it's like, okay, we're going to double waddle, bet, dare anybody else to beat us. And it actually, it kind of felt like that at some times, and the other guys that they were daring to beat them was a future Heisman Trophy winner. Waddle, when he is in motion, when he is used as a move player, He has to manipulate the defense. Guys have to trail him. They have to adjust. They have to completely flip what they are doing because Waddle is that dangerous. That is why the fear that he brings to the defense and how easily he is able to manipulate what the defense does with or without the ball is why he was my wide receiver one. Do you have a name that you like for Jalen Waddle? I do. Jalen Waddle. No, I don't have Okay, do you have an NFL comparison? (laughs) No, no, I don't. I don't. I mean, right. So before this season, if you had been like, Ben, I'm going to compare a receiver to Tyreek Hill, I'd be like, don't do that. That's never, ever going to work. And then I watched Jalen Waddle, and I was like, heck. (laughs) I just, I can't, I mean, you're, I'm not really fighting you too much on that. I just won't let myself comp anybody to Tyreek Hill. I won't let myself do it, e- even even if it's close. I just will not let myself do that. But right, that's talk the thing. It's like I, I think speed, it's sacrilege. Yeah, there's nobody else that's close. But it is like that's 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 who he is, and and it's especially a good comp because it's a modern comp, uh, which like you know it's important to be able to comp guys outside of the modern game and whatever. But we 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 fully understand how dangerous a player like Tyreek Hill can be because of the offense in which he plays and the era in which he plays. And that's critical for Waddle because he's going to be good no matter what team you put him in. Cover your eyes, throw him on a football team, he's going to be successful. Correct. But he's going to be most successful on a team that uses him like the Chiefs use Tyreek Hill. One down, it's a route 40 yards down the field. The next down, it's line up in the backfield. And we're going to do everything in between. Um, on top of that, Waddle's not just a ball in hand player. He's not just a, uh, uh, you know, eat against off coverage, uh, you know, dominate uh, in space player. And then all of a sudden he has to start running routes in the tight areas. He has to start working in breaking routes. He has to start finding ways to separate between zones and against man coverage. And he doesn't know what he's doing. No, he does. He, he, he's, he's a for real route runner. He's a for real separator. He can be given a full route tree. He was given a decently sized route tree to Alabama and he was successful. Uh, He's very, very highly graded for me. Chase beats him out. And the reason that Chase beats him out is because Waddle's elite plays are are so unbelievable and they're so great. And they're largely predicated on the fact that he's faster than absolutely everybody. And he's probably going to walk onto an NFL field and still be faster than everybody. But space condenses, angles get better, and it becomes more difficult to execute. You know, you don't even get like like waddle's biggest weakness and like biggest problem translating from college to the pros might just be that there's no way his quarterback in the pros has as much time as mac jones had in alabama in the pocket and so waddle just can't get as far down the field 
just temporally, sure. like just by right. the limits of time and space, you right. know, like which is not even his fault, but it just is. Whereas Jamar Chase went up against every cornerback that the SEC had to offer in 2019, which was a lot of really good ones, and dominated uh, through physicality in a way that he, I'm extremely confident will continue in the pros. He is both brute in terms of jockeying for position, committing offensive pass interference at the catch point, my favorite thing. Uh, winning initially in his routes with with strength, with his power, with his contact balance, and polished. He's both brute and subtle in that he does little things with his feet, reduces his shoulder, understands technically how corners are going to try to break at him, right? Like that, that, I always come back to that 2019 Alabama game against Trevon Diggs, where Trevon Diggs was like, I'm going to punch you in the mouth. Like, this is my strat. Like, I'm going to two-hand jam you. And even if you get by me, I'm just going to make it such a nightmare for you to get by me that it's going to be hard for them to run your timing routes. And they're all, Burrow's going to have to commit to throwing the ball to you. And I'm just going to try to erase you in the first yard of a play. And Jamar Chase said, okay, I've beaten every corner to this point with physicality. And now I'm going to start slipping you. I'm going to start working with my feet. I'm going to start working with my hands. And if you're just going to come and sell out, I'm going to make your life a living hell. By all of a sudden just changing the way I've played. Just just if, if you're gonna sell out to out physical me, I will go the full other direction and be immediately successful. And that Alabama film was unbelievable. And 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 it was the way that he changed his approach relative to coverage that I just thought was so cool and was so he, awesome. He's extremely well rounded. He can and, and he right. can do that. I think he puts that on display not even just week to week, but throughout games. You know, he, he has he, the profile to right. switch it up on you. And when his routes are bad it's usually because he's being lazy and when his releases are bad in my opinion it's usually because he's being lazy which is often the falling often the failure of extremely talented players it's just very hard to be 100 percent all the time and there's sometimes also no need to be 100 percent all the time i.e when you're also playing with terrace marshall and justin jefferson now <laughs> i want to open this conversation because you and i both have Chase Waddle as one and two yep. in some order. Yeah. And then we have Smith as our clear three. Most uh -huh. people would have it as a grouping of three. The most difficult part of dealing with these rankings, and particularly having Chase at three, or having Smith at three, excuse me, is that the biggest concern from a pure box checking perspective for both Chase and Waddle is release off of press coverage. And Devontae Smith, despite how he looks like he could hide behind a sheet of paper is the best of the three getting off press coverage comfortably has the most film and the most success has varied releases has unbelievable strength as he works through his stems just stupid ability despite his build and so i think chase is an x i think chase is a line of scrimmage vertical third receiver i think he's a downfield back shoulder contested catch guy you can work him in breaking and out breaking routes because he's so great at generating that quick separation with his physicality and with it with his explosiveness but he's probably going to deal with a learning curve going from press at the sec level which mm -hmm. you saw a lot of but at college level to press in the pros mm -hmm. whereas Devonte last year could not get pressed by anybody and was so stinking good at releasing. And that usually, for me, if, if if you can release off press every single week, I'll put you wide receiver zero. I'll put you so high on my board, I don't even care. We're going to break the board. You're prospect number A. Getting like, off, I don't get, even know. Getting off press is really important because in a 
in mm-hmm. a in a world where offenses are so spread out and defenses are trying to cover as many players as they can, you're not often seeing a lot right. of guys go up towards you. And so there really aren't as many wide receivers that just straight up get to go up against press coverage to get that experience, let alone be good at it. But I agree with you. I mean, like, Smith being able to get off press coverage, I I think it's 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 very telling at the kind of wide receiver that Devontae Smith is. That they would keep this guy in on like heavy short yardage rundowns. Like he would be the only wide receiver in the game close to the line of scrimmage on a rundown, like an obvious running situation. And it's funny because he's not really blocking anybody. He'll give his he'll give his effort. Like, don't get me wrong, like Devontae Smith will go up and he will try to hit you in the mouth. It doesn't often work for him, but like he'll try to do it. But all of that to say, this guy has so much experience and there was so much trust in just how he, how good he was, how high his football IQ was, that they even put him in situations where you'd look at it and you'd be like, you probably shouldn't be out there. Yet they had the faith in him to be able to do it. And that's a really good way to kind of just give bonus and credit to how advanced this dude is and how difficult this is of an evaluation. Because if, if, if Devontae Smith was even just a little bit less with football IQ, with how reliable his hands are, with his nuanced route running, with getting off press, with no one at a hand fight, with dealing with contact, with winning deep, if he was just a little bit less at like any of those things, it would be fair for us to all go, yeah, fringe first round pick, we'll see if somebody takes a chance on him, you know, first, second round, something like that. But he's not, he's just so mm-hmm. great at all of it. He's so great at all of these things, and that's now why now you know the debate has to come up. It's what do you do with a wide receiver that is damn near perfect, except for how he's built. And right, and this my final note on all the wide receivers in this class is that it's a good class, it's a deep class, it's a talented class, and it's a very difficult class to place. Uh, and especially at the top, it's really hard. And one of the most one of the coolest things that I've ever been told that's always stuck with me in scouting was said by Sigmund Bloom of Football Guys, which is about the traits matching the skills. And Jamar Chase and Devontae Smith particularly are two players for whom the traits don't match the skills. So the traits. Devontae Smith is 6'1", 170. Those are his traits. He is slight. He is slender. He is That, that is, that is a, a feature inherent to him. Skill. Getting off press coverage. What?! No, like that's not how <laughs> right. that should be. Right? Sure. That's not. They, they, so the trade doesn't match the skill here, right. and so it's very different. You you have to have a lot of faith in the skill, or you're assuming that that the traits are going to catch up with him at the NFL level. Jamar Chase contested catches his best uh, his best ability. He's six foot one. He's six one. The traits yeah. don't match the skills. He does not look like a player who is as physically dominant as he is, and so. Those players are particularly hard to figure out. Whereas a player like Jalen Waddle or a player like, uh, you know, uh, uh, Kadarius Tony, right? To, to skip ahead to tomorrow, look and are built and have the physical traits that 100% feed into how they were used by their teams and the skills that they've developed in those usages. Ergo, they're an easier player to slot into their role in the league and thereby an easier player to rank. So, mm-hmm. talented wide receiver class, love it, love these top guys. Oh man, it's it, it is tricky to rank them. I th- I think we're gonna we're gonna learn a lot. Or maybe I don't know. Maybe we won't learn a lot. Maybe we'll just have a lot of fun watching how this unfolds with this wide receiver class. Because I truly hope that Devonte Smith just goes to the best situation. I don't even know what the best situation for him would be, but it's got to be a coach that knows how to put him in the right decision. He's got to have a lot of guys around him that can make him 
that you could get the most out of his talents, but like Devontae will be able to give you back so much if you protect him from being six foot one, one seventy. I don't even know what goes into that. I, I wish I did because I'd be a lot more confident in his ranking. But I truly hope that we get to see Devontae in an, in a great situation because he can light the world on fire with how talented he is and how well he plays the wide receiver position. Same with a lot of these other guys. It's it's a fun class, like you said. It's hard to slot, but there's no shortage of getting wide-eyed with a lot of these guys, seeing potential, seeing what could be for this wide receiver class. We gave you our top fives today. We're going to be talking about a lot of guys on the next wide receiver podcast. It, I mean, we're... I, I'm going to get twenty, at least 20 guys graded, and we're going to talk about who's the best deep down the field, who's the best red zone threat, who's got the best releases, who's got the best hands, who's who's a day three guy that we love the most, who's the toughest eval, all that kinds of stuff. We're going to get into that next time we get to wide receivers, but it's not going to be tomorrow. Because tomorrow, Ben. We are leaving. We're mock drafted. We're doing it. Folks. Yeah, we are. Buddy. We're bringing it back. We had to switch the schedule around a little bit. We were going to save the mock draft for next Monday, but because of some scheduling things, and because we and love also free agency basically being over, and and because of that, and because we love y'all, we are going to give you our first post free agency midweek mock draft on Wednesday. So, uh, of course, the team needs. They're completely changed for so many teams because of post-free agency. So, you know, if you've been listening to this podcast for the last couple of months, you know that we have had prospects and positions that we've really been plugging to certain teams at certain spots. Well, all of that is changing tomorrow. It's going to be a brand new mock draft, new needs. It's going to be one like you have not seen before so far in this 2021 cycle. That's all tomorrow. And until then, you guys keep it locked right here on Locked on NFL Draft.